This is a classic podcast from Unqualified Gamers. Hear more at unqualifiedgamers.com. What did you have for dinner? Uh, egg and corn and salsa tostadas. See, that sounds less healthy than what I'm eating. <laughs> well, I think we can all agree on that. I can't think of many things that are more healthy than a bowl of meat. It's turkey meat. It's all fat. our ancestors ate bowls of meat. I think they ate meat and then a lot of things they grew. Alright, we are recording. Welcome! Welcome! Oh my god, we've been bullshitting for like an hour and a half. This is the worst. This is the worst. It's it's alright. It's not the... It's kind of the worst. It's kind of the worst. So why... Finish your meatball? Why finish my meatball? Fill the listen. Fill in the listener on what they missed over the last, say, hour and forty-five minutes. Uh, well, Cody. Uh, yeah. Has been wrestling with Windows Eight. Uh, apparently due to some. Windows Eight sucks. So, listener, I apologize in advance if I sound terrible. In this episode, uh, that was not my intent. He means more terrible than normal. That is that is really what I meant. In fact, John, since you've been so patient, I will let you talk about uh, video games as we enter this episode of Unqualified, a video game podcast. So, I don't even remember what I played anymore. See, this is what happens. Oh, shoot. This is what happens when Shoot. it takes you seven hours to set up the computer. Yeah, yeah. Uh, no, so so I actually played some uh, some lighter games because you know my my most recent large completion was Nino Kuni, and I don't know if you get the same feeling that I do after you finish a really long JRPG, but it's like, God, I I really don't want to start anything big, right? Do you do you get that uh, same feeling? Uh, kind of depends. I'll talk about. My feelings after beating Zelda a little bit later. Yeah, so, like, I just have a hard time jumping into another substantial game. Uh, so, I I didn't. Um, I've been kind of tooling around with uh, Mass Effect 3 some more. The, the multi, a new multiplayer DLC came out for that, as well as a new single-player DLC I might check out. But, hmm. you know, the, the new multiplayer DLC came out, and they added a bunch of new classes like they did the last time. Um, and I think I've... I've made a realization that uh, Mass Effect 3 is my Call of Duty. Like, it's the game that I can, if I've got a half an hour free and I don't want to get involved in anything that I I don't think I'll be able to kind of sink my teeth into, I'll get on, I'll play a round of it, it'll be done, uh, and then I'll I'll go do it again another time. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, And it's... It's a shooter, just like Call of Duty. So like I said, it's like, it's it's my Call of Duty. Um, and I don't know if you remember, but the when we when I was talking about first-person shooters the last time, I was like, I, I said, for me, it's just, I don't like shooters where I'm shooting other people. Um, 
And the reason why I like Mass Effect 3 so much is because even the humanoid enemies that you're fighting, they don't really look like humans. So basically, you're not you're not shooting at humans in that game. And that I think that might be, and again, I don't have anything against it. It's just not my favorite thing. So, but I think for me, that's why I like it so much. Because you don't like shooting humans? Yeah, it's just, it's not something I enjoy. Like, it's I'm not drawn to that. Again, I don't think there's anything wrong with it. I think it's fine. But it is, it just, it, it's a turnoff for me in terms of what I desire in my gaming. You know so you I mean? have, do you have an active aversion to shooting humans? Uh, in real life? Well, no, obviously. I've seen you shoot humans in real life. Uh, no, it's it's not it's not active. Okay, so maybe it's active. Maybe it's but it's not like I go around preaching. I think this is wrong for games to do this. I just pref- I just don't prefer games where you're shooting humans. I prefer games where you're shooting non-humans. Okay. Um. What about when you're playing with Luca in your party when you're fighting Magus and Chrono Trigger, and you use her regular attack, which is a gun? Well, you know that later... First of all, you know that, that Magus isn't going to die in that particular encounter. Second of all, you know he's going to join your party later. So, Okay, so if you were playing a first-person shooter in which you shot people but they didn't die, then you'd be okay with that? Maybe. Okay. So paintball it is. Right. Paintball it is. Uh, anyway, so I, I was tooling around with that. Um, but, I, you know, that was that's a strictly multiplayer experience. There's not really much else to it other than the, the multiplayer shenanigans that happen. But... Um, I jumped into a game that I had gotten on one of the Steam sales a while ago, and it came out uh, on Xbox Live Arcade first. Um, it was uh, part of one of their summer promotions, you know, where they do like the four different, I don't know, they do like four different games over four weeks of summer. Yeah. Um, and one of them was called Insanely Twisted Shadow Planet. So again, I got that on sale during a steam sale for like five bucks. Um, I had heard good things about it. Uh, the game is a Metroidvania style game. So straight exploration, large, large map. You'll find things that you can't access at first until you get certain powers and then you'll come back. The gag being that it's a twin stick shooter. So have you ever played a twin stick shooter? Uh, oh yes. Yes, I have. Yeah, so you're you know you're a ship, uh, and you're in a 3D environment uh, on all axes. You're not moving in one direction like your standard shooter. Yeah, like Geometry Wars. Uh, I I you know I've never actually played Geometry Wars, sadly. Oh, oh, oh I played the first two. They're good. Yeah. But yes. So I I've never played Geometry Wars, but uh, yes, maybe it's uh, Pixel Junk Shooter is the only is the only one that I can think of. Uh, but you probably haven't played that since that's a PS3. PSN exclusive thing. Yeah. But the point, the point is, is you're, you're, you're a ship and it's, it's kind of interesting because you, you think about it and like every other Metroidvania game that I have ever played has been a platformer. Uh, and that's just been kind of the, the MO of moving around the environment. Well, when you're a ship and you can fly everywhere, uh, there's, it takes a lot of the, I mean, there's, there are in, in a, in a, standard metroidvania style game mm-hmm. uh the game creator could just make ledges <clears throat> like inaccessible at first so you just know that you have to get like the high jump to go back and get that uh and that's kind of a standard power-up something that lets you jump higher or something that lets you jump farther right yeah yeah but those kind of conventions go out the window when you're dealing with a ship uh so 
it's a Metroidvania style game, but it it doesn't have kind of the standard conventions. Like they have to be a little more creative with their power ups uh, and the types of things that bar your passage or uh, conceal power ups for you to come back and get later with different uh, different abilities, sure. which is kind of cool. Uh, it it makes it kind of cool because they'll have um, they'll have abilities like uh, a, a a grappling claw that you have to like move stuff around the environment. Um, you know, you'll have a a shield that'll for a, a few seconds shield you from gun blasts, things like that. Um, but anyway, there's a variety of different power ups. Um, the the game started off really slow to me. Um, there's no text, no, there's a kind of a really light story. Um, it's kind of a new thing that I feel like downloadable games are doing where there's no text or talking or anything. They just show cartoonish like pictures to convey story. And it's usually pretty effective. Um, so there's like a, you know, a 20 second intro to the game and then you're on this planet it's obvious that there's been some shadow beast that's taken over the planet and you have to save it. And that's, that's kind of all, you know, So uh, does it take place in space? It takes place on a planet. Okay. Cause I'm getting confused as to how, if it's a twin stick shooter. Oh, wait a minute. But you're playing as a guy, right? That runs around. No, you're playing as a ship. Yeah. That's what I'm trying to figure out is, is to around a planet. How can you be? A, how can you do a Metroidvania type game if you're a spaceship? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. That's that's the kind of the cool part about it is because they did a really good job with it. Yeah, and I'll give you some examples in a bit. Okay. So the the game started off kind of slow to me. Um, you start off with just a your general laser beam, and you get like you get the the grapple claw relatively early, but you don't have a lot of powers or anything, and so the Movement through the environment is just move to the next room. Um, there is no advantage to killing anything except for getting out of your way. Uh, so a lot of times I found myself just flying through areas because there was no reason to kill anything. Okay. Uh, until you enter like a big arena style room where you have to kill a boss. Uh, the boss is being awesome. The bosses in this game are very well done. Um, but and that lasted for, I mean, the game only lasted for about four hours. It was a four to five hour game, relatively short in the pantheon of games, right? Um, but about an hour in, I got to this ice area, and it was about the third world, uh, the third area of this world, right? Um, and you, there were these light beam puzzles, and this is where the game completely clicked for me. So you, you have this grapple claw, uh, and there are these light beams that are uh, reflecting and refracting off of various surfaces in this ice area. Well, you have different crystals that you can move around the, the environment. And now there aren't like any enemies around this part. This is just, it's almost just like a puzzle area. Uh, and you can move these different crystals around to reflect the light in a way where you need to direct the beam at a specific object. So it really clicked in terms of like the puzzle element of the game and after that point every area felt more puzzle based than it did kind of shooter based now that being said the the bosses were still there there were still bosses that you would encounter and the bosses were very well done so the bosses were really fun to fight uh but then you'd encounter these puzzles too that i just i really enjoyed um 
and it's a really light game. So it, it lasted me for four hours. And aside from that first hour, I had fun the entire rest of the time that I was playing it. Wow. That's cool. And how much does it go for these days? I think, uh, I think the kind of the standard price on it is 15 bucks, but you can easily, I'm fairly confident that you can find it for cheaper than that on steam. If you wait, uh, uh, just because it, it eventually goes on sale. Like I said, I got it for five bucks. Um, so, and the other, the other thing, and the, one of the, one of the neatest things about the game is the art style. So it's got this, it's called insanely twisted shadow planet. And the color palette is all these kind of dark shades of like purple and blue and green. Um, and then it's got a lot of black. So it's, it's, it's kind of got a limbo feeling to it Yeah, with a little more uh, with color i mean no color but this has some color but it's mostly this kind of very black uh game and it's it's really good uh it just the art style totally works um i, I mean you can tell that that like this shadow beast has kind of taken over and it has turned this world to this dark place that it is but it's not dark in a uh it, it's not dark in a like Gears of War style dark with like browns and grays. I mean, it's black, black. So it's it's cartoony and stylized. Yeah. So it totally works. Um, I really enjoyed it. It's absolutely worth. I, it's worth fifteen bucks. Like I said, I got it on sale, but it's worth fifteen bucks. So and what, what's the name of it again? Insanely Twisted Shadow Planet. It does have some multiplayer. I didn't try any of it uh, because I don't. I kind of would want to play it with somebody I knew and I don't know anybody that owns the game. So, um, but yet, if, yet, but if you find it, uh, on steam, I totally recommend trying it out. It's really good. Um, so that was the, the first game that I played and that's the, uh, less good game that I played. What do you mean by good? Because the next game I'm going to talk about is I don't understand how I had not tried it sooner. I don't understand uh, how I missed it last year. Uh, you finally played Dead or Alive Extreme Beach Volleyball 2? Before I start, though, um, what is the one type of game that I like better than video games? JRPGs? No, no. J- JRPG is a video game. Oh, board what games. One... Say again? Board games. Right, board games. I, I very much... The the thing the best thing in the world to me my favorite gaming experiences are getting around a table with you know three to five other players sitting down and playing some sort of two to eight hour board game that's a total brain burner that has tons of intricate rules stuff like that uh, to really kind of get you engaged and bullshit with your friends I mean there's nothing more like communal and fun to me than board games with large groups of people so. Uh, one of the things that I've always, I've, I'm always looking for when I'm looking at video games to play, are are board game style video games. Um, there are there are quite a few out there. In fact, there are some direct ports of board games that are on iOS, right? But the one thing that they are always missing is this communal aspect um, that I always that I always seem to miss. And a lot of times it's because they're just ports of these games, and these games are meant to be played with other people. So you throw in some kind of wonky jank, uh, janky AI, right? And it just doesn't, it doesn't 
fulfill the same thing that sitting down with a group of friends to play a board game does. Uh, and nothing will do that. Uh, I No video game will do that, I don't think. Uh, at least not any video games that are around now. Mm, uh, Smash Brothers. Maybe down the road. Yeah, Smash Brothers, but playing, playing across the country still feels far different than playing in the same room with somebody. Oh, absolutely, yes. Um, so, but like I said, I'm always looking for games that are that are like board. Well, there's a game that I again I found it on Steam. I got this one for two dollars and fifty cents. It's standard price ten dollars. It is worth twenty dollars. It's worth thirty dollars. Uh, it's called Faster Than Light or FTL. You'll find it under the name FTL. It is a single player space exploration roguelike board game. What? So, so it's what it is, is you, uh, you start off, you start off every game from the start of space. You are, uh, you are like the empire and there's a group of rebels that are trying to overthrow the empire and you have information on, uh, you've got like, uh, sensitive information about them that needs to be delivered to the front lines in order to drive off the rebels once and for all. Uh, and so the object of the game is to get to the final sector. The game is divided into, I think, eight different sectors, maybe seven. Uh, and then each sector has all these different star points that you can go to. So your the object of the game is to get to the final sector, deliver the information, and then destroy the rebel flagship in the final, the very final sector. Um, in between each of these sectors, like I said, you'll be uh, going to different points on the map. Let me back up even further because I'm I, I'm missing the, the first part and the board game part of this game that makes it so good. You have access to a ship. You start off with access to one ship style. Uh, you have access to crew. You have access to different modules on your ship that you can customize. Uh, there's different alien types in the game that do different things for different modules. Uh, some may may have better like melee fighting capability. Uh, some may have some may add power to the ship module that they're in. Some may repair modules faster uh, if modules get damaged. So there's all these different alien types that you can find throughout the course of your adventure to customize your ship. The view of the game is this top, and this is where it's very board game like. It's you looking at a blueprint top-down view of your ship. And your ship is divided into two to four room, like two square to four square uh, rooms that are all connected. Um, and your each individual crew member takes up one square. So you can have rooms that can hold up to four crew members and rooms that can hold two or three. Some rooms won't have any modules in them. They'll just be like your hull. Some rooms will ha- have modules in them that will do different things. Uh, and so you don't really get to look to customize where on the ship these modules are, but you get to, as blueprints open up, because more blueprints open up, you get to pick the ship type that you that you uh, get um, and that you get to use. And, and the ship types have all different modules in them. Um, now, I said this game is a roguelike, and... I didn't realize how much I liked roguelikes until I, I played one one this game. But there have been a, a few other games that have come out in the past that make me realize that I I kind of like rogue, roguelikes. Uh, Azure, Azure Dream, which was a kind of an obscure role playing game for the PlayStation, roguelike game where you went into a tower 
and climb the tower. I, yeah, you loved that game. I did. I like, and so, uh, but they're not a style of game that gets made often. Yeah, that game's old. I mean, that's when did that come out? Uh, Ninety. I don't know. 90. It came over ten years, uh, probably fifteen years ago. Very old. It's an it's an old game, certainly. But man. yeah, yeah, ninety eight, maybe ninety seven ish. Point is, is I kind of forgot that this genre existed. Uh, so, but but here we are. Uh, and and there's this roguelike game. Your ship starts off, no matter what blueprint you pick, you start off with one to three. I think there's one ship with four crew members, but your your ship can always hold up to eight crew members. So you always have room to expand from the start of the game. Um, your ship can hold three to four weapons. You only ever start out with, with one to two. They're typically not that great. Uh, the ship can have drones, uh, like a drone bay. It can hold one to three drones. Um, there's one ship that starts off with a drone bay. So like, uh, there's always a huge amount of customization that needs to happen. And like any good roguelike, you're never going to know what you're going to find. So if if you've got a particular weapon you have an affinity to, like a, this particular style of burst laser, for instance, you'll, you can never guarantee you will find that item on your journey to the end of, of the game uh, because everything's randomly generated. So th- the thing that makes it so good and the thing that makes it so much like a board game is that in in the best board games, you have to adapt to whatever is happening to find the best strategies with things that you may not be comfortable with in order to win the game. Those are kind of how the best games work. This game is exactly like that. So as you're traveling through the different sectors, getting to the end, you have to use the weapons that you find, the weapons that you find, because you'll even find shops where you can buy stuff, but they may not have the weapon you're looking for. So, but you need weapons. So like you, you have to buy things when they're there, even if you may not love them and find a way to make them work. So you have to, you have to adapt your strategies uh, to, to win. And even when you do that the best way possible, you can still lose because you can just get into a really shitty, horrible situation where you'll get to a ship. Maybe you've got a relatively damaged ship because you had to jump out of a, out of a, a, a node quickly you come into like an asteroid field with another ship there and the asteroids just basically tear up your ship with this other ship firing at you and you explode and you die and you start from the beginning so stuff can go really bad real quick in this uh and that's fun it's it's really good um so the way the the game flow kind of works is you're jumping from these no from this node to this node to this node it takes about i don't know you could anywhere from 10 to 15 jumps uh, to get to the end of a sector. Every jump costs you fuel, which you can run out of. Um, the, the map is just a pulled out like view of a galaxy with just these little dots everywhere. And it's just you picking the next dot to go to. Um, there are mods you can get for your ship that allow you to give you a little uh, information as to what's going to be at that node. But from the start of the game, you don't know anything about what you're going to be jumping into. Uh, so you're jumping from node to node to node. Sometimes you won't find anything. There will quite literally be nothing there and you'll just jump to your next node. Sometimes you'll find the wreckage of a ship and you'll get fuel or missiles, or if you're really lucky, you may find a weapon 
you may find like a, a mod for your ship, that kind of thing. Um, and other parts, there are uh, different scenarios that you can find. Like you find a space station that uh, has been overrun by giant spiders. Do you want to go down and try to save, see if there's anybody to save in, in the space station? You can do that. And there can be a variety of different consequences. Uh, your nothing can happen. Uh, except you you making it out of there without dying. You can lose crew members that way. You don't get to pick what crew member you lose. They just randomly get lost. I've had some really bad experiences with that, where the wrong crew member that I didn't want to die has died. Um, you can save a survivor, and a random crew member will join your ship. Um, you can destroy the spiders. Uh, the The coolest thing about these particular types of scenarios where you're picking an option is that if you have a uh, specific extra item, like a specific item or a specific crew member that would be adept at handling this situation, you can pick this third or fourth or fifth option, depending on how many of these extra things you have. And they almost always are the best way to deal with this particular uh, problem. And... uh, and so you t- typically get much better rewards out of that. Um, for instance, there, there's, a race, there's a race of aliens that they're called the rocks. And they're very sturdy and very slow. And they're immune to fire. So if you get to a space station that's on fire and you have a rock crew member, an option will come up, send your rock crew member down to put out the fire. They'll do that and you'll get the best rewards you can get from that particular space station. That makes sense. So, in terms of gameplay, when you're when you're doing things like sending them out to missions, is that like a board game where you you basically just select an option and then it tells you what happens? Yeah, exactly. It's quite literally just you get a group of options, you pick one, it tells you what happened. What happened? You jump to the next node. Okay. So it plays very quickly. I mean, like I said, you're playing like ten to fifteen nodes per sector, and it, you have to play through seven sectors, but there are nodes that will take quite literally three seconds to get through because there won't be anything there. So you'll just click, click, jump, and you'll jump to the next node. Yeah, how long does a PlayStation last? You can get from start to finish on a good PlayStation in about 45 minutes. I mean, you can get there even faster. You can get there in 30 minutes if you have like a really good one. But average time from start to finish, about 45 minutes to an hour. Good amount of time. I mean, I, it, it seemed like the perfect amount of time for this kind of game. But none of that has is even close to the combat in the game, which is what I think is the most board gamey and the best part about the game for me. <laughs> so you have the ability as you're going through, like I'm saying, to customize your ship. You have the ability to buy all these different weapons, the ability to to use all these different mods. You can get drones. You can upgrade your ship, and you upgrade it with scrap that you find by either blowing up ships or salvaging stuff from nodes or whatever, but you can upgrade your ship, your ship, every, every module in your ship requires power for the most part. And there's a limited amount of power of even maximum power that you can get in the game. And then there are far more nodes to power than you have reserves no matter what. So at least if you're, pay- if you're playing the game correctly, because you don't want to have a bunch of reserve power because that means you're not using the power for anything and you should have spent your money on something else. Right. 
So during combat, you'll have a ship on the right side of your screen. You'll only ever fight one ship at a time. And uh, you will have to, and it's it's so good, but you'll have to constantly be changing power on your ship during difficult combats to power up different nodes uh, to take care of whatever it is you're fighting. Um, so I'll give you an example. Uh, say you, you encounter a big, a big cruiser and the cruiser destroys, uh, your drone bay, sets it on fire and breaks it. Well, your drone bay, which may have taken like four, four power to power the drones can now do nothing until it's fixed. So you have to send somebody there to repair that. Well, while you're repairing that, you need to still be taking care of this ship. Well, let's say that your normal way of destroying ships in this particular run-through was to uh, have two attack drones out there and have backup with this one little laser beam you've got. But you have other weapons on your ship. Well, now you can take the power that you had from your drone bay, apply it to your other weapons, and maybe you're firing two or three different weapons now that maybe you don't like as much as your drones, but there's still a way to attack the enemy. You can also, you know, you can power shields, you can power engines. There's all these different things you have to power on your ship. So it's a constant and very quick decision-making process to what you're supposed to do and what you're supposed to power. Stuff's constantly getting destroyed. Uh, There are enemies that can board your ship and they can kill your crew members or you can send crew members after them uh, to engage them in melee combat. What I found myself doing was I, I basically, basically on my most successful playthroughs, I would... I would build a crew and I would have a security team <laughs> have, I would have engineer type aliens taking care of all of my systems. And then I would have like two bruisers, you know, there's a, there's a, an alien race called the mantis that are very good at melee. So I'd enlist two mantis and I would use them as my security team. And anytime anybody beamed onto my ship, I would send the mantis that way. There's another alien race that's really good at repairing stuff. So I'd keep one of those around and anytime something got damaged, that would be my crew member to go to go repair stuff. Uh, and as you're doing these different things, like uh, your crew members can level up uh, levels in these different activities. So uh, there, there's weapons firing. So if you've got your your alien manning your weapons bay, uh, that alien can get better at manning your at at basically firing your weapons. And the better they get, uh, they will lo- decrease the the reload time on your weapons. So it it is a big benefit to you to have the same aliens doing the same thing over and over again. Now that said, I've had aliens that I've gotten to the very last sector. I've gotten to the very last sector. My aliens have been specialized for one particular activity, like piloting my ship, and some ship will throw a fucking huge missile at my at my piloting area and kill my alien. <laughs> and it's it's so aggravating, but the game is the game is so short that like it's like this happens. Like that is that is part of this game. And then you have to adapt. Uh and the the there are two difficulty settings, easy and normal. Uh I have not played it on normal yet it took me 13 hours probably about 
eight different playthroughs to finally beat the rebel flagship on easy. Wow. The game, the flagship is so hard. When I first saw it, I was like, no fucking way. Like it's, it's, I don't, I don't want to spoil it because it's like, it's holy crap. This thing is insane. Uh, and I don't want to kind of spoil the last encounter because the first time you hit it, it's, it's magic. It's just, it's just, it's perfect. It is the perfect uh, board game style video game to me. Um, the combat sounds a lot to me like StarCraft, like real-time strategy StarCraft 2. It is. There's a little more waiting around than that. Um, I mean, what, with, and keep in mind, it's a totally different perspective. It's not like it's, it's not like you're at an isometric view right. of, of different units. Uh, they're not attacking at the same speed. Like the game is slower than that. So if I gave you the impression that it's a kind of a fast moving combat, it's not. And at any point during combat, you can pause the game to make decisions. So it, the game is not set up to be a fast paced game. It's very obvious that that it's set up to to kind of take your time uh, with the decisions that you're making. The, the other, and, and, I guess maybe last thing I want to I want to say is that the the music is some of the best chip tunes I have ever heard. Chip tunes, really? Yeah, it it it's all chi- so it's all chip tunes. It's but it is a space style chip tunes and it is so good. I have blasted the music from <laughs> sound system. And it, like I said, it's just chip tunes music, but whoever composed the music for it basically has different music for the different sectors and it's all very ambient. Uh Except it'll do different different variations on the same theme seamlessly if like when you go in and out of combat. So you'll have the same track playing, but you'll enter combat and there'll be like a drum beat that comes in behind it to kind of increase the tempo. Of- oh, yeah. And then as soon as you're done with combat and out of that area and you jump to the next node, it backs off again to that more ambient style sound. And there's a different there's a different. Uh, track for like every different type of sector so it's just it's awesome like it's so well incorporated into the game and it is uh it's so immersive uh it's it just it feels like space music it's great yeah i love games that do that where when there's you know danger it slightly changes the music just a little bit yeah yeah Uh, that's awesome so we're talking like Mega Man 2 level music uh yeah, only it's it's more spacey. It's more am. It's again, it's more ambient. Yeah, more tailored to it, but uh, that that level of quality, pretty pretty high quality stuff. Yeah, absolutely. That's awesome. It's so good. It the and and even on easy, like like I said, it's it's still been a challenge, but um, I I think I've kind of got the hang of it, and I'm I'm ready to start playing it on normal now. But I think that even people that that are just kind of casual board gamers. Uh, would get a lot of enjoyment out of, uh, out of even just the the mode on easy. And I got I got thirteen hours of the game, thirteen hours out of the game on easy for two dollars and fifty cents. And it was some of the most enjoyable times I've had playing games in a while. Um, I, I mean, it's a different kind of enjoyment, but it was so, it it's just so good. It is so good. <laughs> I like it so much. And it's it was out last year. I wish I had played it last year. Like I, I am so, it, I, I have such remorse that I did not get a chance to give this game its due 
when it came out because it's so good and it deserves to be played by everybody. And the other cool thing is it is the first game that came out after a successful Kickstarter. Oh, really? Yeah, this was the first game ever that came out under after Kickstarter blew up and became such a big thing. This game was a Kickstarter project. I think it was like a ten thousand, or it might have been a hundred thousand. I think it was. It might have been ten. Um, either way, I don't think it was much. Uh, but it it met its goal, and it is awesome. I mean, it wouldn't have cost you two fifty last year, so at least take that consolation. Would have cost you nine ninety nine, and like I said, it's worth nine ninety nine. Like if. If you like board games at all, you really should buy this game for ten bucks because you're gonna you're gonna play it a lot. I mean, you're gonna seriously, it's that good. <laughs> no, the tricky thing about the board games that you like to play uh, that I know of are they're very rule intensive, of course, and there can sometimes be a steep learning curve. Uh, how hard was it to to figure this game out? Well, the game does a really good job of ramping up the difficulty as you move through sectors. So. Um, you start off, you know, like I said, you start off with kind of bare bones of your ship. Uh, some ships start off a little better equipped than others. But you'll encounter ships in the first sector that either may not have shields at all, or they'll have one bar of shields. Uh, shield Shields you can get up to four bars in the game. So no matter what, it's relatively easy to kill them in that first sector. And you may find the, I think you'll find the exact same ships in sector two as well. They don't start ramping up in, in amount of shields until the the third sector um and they'll they'll have really they'll have relatively ineffective weapons in the first sector too so they do a very good job as you're moving through the game of ramping up the difficulty uh the difficulty spike with the last with the last ship with the rebel flagship is pretty dramatic but (laughs) but it's manageable and i mean the game mechanics are explained well in the tutorials it's easy to wrap your head around tutorial took me five minutes to get through maybe maybe 10 and i had it by the end of that okay it's it's relatively easy and there is a little kind of tongue-in-cheek humor to it which is always always kind of fun and it's fitting for the style and the look of the game cool sounds like a thing to pick up ftl right yeah it's so good and you can get the soundtrack i want to say for two dollars on steam so even if you don't pick up the game, you could pay two bucks for this soundtrack that I'm talking about. Uh, and it's really good. Yeah, that might happen. Uh, you have been on quite the streak of good games lately. Yeah, well, I have a tough time not liking stuff. So I don't know. Yeah, but you didn't love Deus Ex. But that was a while ago. That was quite a long time ago. Or Final Fantasy Thirteen too didn't really like that game much either that's true do you have to bleep that out now no i i already told you i stopped bleeping that game out it's too much effort uh and i know those games were about a year ago but uh but they did happen and uh i guess i guess 2013 may turn out to be a good game year maybe oh my gosh well Bi- uh bioshock infinite comes out at the end of this month and you are so excited about that i never even played bioshock 2 did you wrong with you yeah no by and bioshock 2 i liked it but it wasn't it wasn't bioshock 1 but it also wasn't made by the same people but the same people that made bioshock 1 are making bioshock 3 or bioshock infinite and it's it's gonna be good how do you know this like what are you so excited about uh well i mean there have been a lot of things that they've previewed and there's there's just there's a there's a really cool uh time travel Thing that's going on in the game that nobody knows anything about yet. They've only seen these very small 
snippets of what's going on. Uh, but there have been two game demos that have ended with this female character that you're escorting in the game. The game is basically a long escort quest, but it's not one where the girl can die. She she can always she yeah she can't die in the game. So thank you, God, because escort quests are terrible. She can kind of take care of herself, but there the end of these two demos uh, have ended with her using this power that she's got to transport. And and if you don't want any spoilers of this game. Uh, this is just gonna be minor because again, it's the, being the only thing at the end of these. It's in a trailer. You can't, you can't really like uh, Elizabeth, this female character that you're trying to save, uh, uses this time travel power. You don't know anything about it. She doesn't know anything about it. It's more of like a dimensional rift type thing, but it transports the main character and her to what looks like an urban American city in the 1980s. And it shows a theater that has the marquee uh, Revenge of the Jedi, which was the original title of Return of the Jedi before it got changed. Right. And they look up and they're like, where the hell are we? And she goes, no, 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 we've got to get back. We've got to get back. And they jump back. And that's that's been like the end of two demos. Hmm. And that could be a huge part of the game. Like, the, like there could be this crazy dimensional like travel mechanic that nobody knows anything about are you really into the story of bioshock yeah bioshock story was phenomenal yeah okay i know you're not a first person shooter aficionado so i did not realize bioshock was so high on your list of good games uh you know it is very much like metroid prime you and and going back to what i said at the very start of this episode you're not really killing people in it well no you pretty much exclusively are they're just crazy people right in the first exactly in the first game but they're they're almost non-human in terms of the way that they act sure so i mean that's what i've been playing i i also finally got the expansion to civ 5 have been moving around have been messing around with that a little bit it's uh it's a civ game no you have not you have not been messing around with it a little bit because you don't mess around with Civ games a little bit. You say one more turn until it's three or four in the morning, and then maybe you go to bed. If you're exhausted enough. Yeah, you're actually pretty accurate. Uh, that I wasn't <laughs> late for work this morning because I was playing Civ. So Right? <laughs> but it's good. They added they added quite a bit. I don't really have much to talk about yet because I I'm still on my very first game of playing with the new expansion stuff, but I'll, I can talk about it another time. Um, but it seems like they added quite a bit of stuff. So sure, yeah. Well, I, I'll tell you if I if I know if I have three days in a row off work and I know I have very very little to do, that's when I'll bust out a Civilization game, but only then because that oh man, I don't know what it is about the Civilization games. They're not my favorite games ever made. They're not the best games ever made, but something. Yeah, Fear Axis, the company that makes them, uh, they know what they're doing in terms of 4X-style games. I mean, they just do. They're they're very good at it. I guess. Well, anyway, uh, that's cool. Well, that's um, that was a pretty solid episode of Unqualified Video Game Podcast. I have to wrap up Zelda in our next app because I finished Skyward Sword finally. Uh, and uh, there is a... Facebook game I'd like to talk about as well. Interesting. Yeah, very interesting. Looks like something to look forward to next week, listener. 
Uh, in the meantime, follow us at videogamepodcast.tumblr.com. Please follow and reblog everything that we do. Uh, reblog everything twice. I don't think you can do that. Uh, you can you can reblog and like it, which gives us two notes. I all the notes, listener. Give us all the notes. <laughs> <laughs>